This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time, and I hope that you'll stay tuned. We really appreciate those who may be watching today that, that, that watch every time we come on the air. Please tell someone else about the telecast. Tell them to, to tune in and to, to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. We have Getting to Know Your Bible not only on television. We have it in some markets on the radio, and we appreciate those who may be listening by way of radio as well. Now, today on our telecast, we have a question that we want to raise, and, and I hope in the process of time over this, uh, during the program to, to find an answer to that question. Here it is. What's in a name? What's in a name? Is there anything in a name? There, is there meaning to a name? Hope that you'll stay tuned. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer the free Bible Correspondence Course, and let me emphasize that it is free. I realize that you hear lots of things being advertised, even on religious programs today, and there's always a cost involved, but anything that we mention on Getting to Know Your Bible is absolutely free. The, 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 the uh, Bible course is free. If you request a CD, that's free. If you request a DVD of a certain lesson, that's free. Anything that we offer, there's no cost to it to you. And I know that might be a little unusual today, living, given the, the world in which we live, but that's just the way we operate. We don't charge for it. And we want to, to make it available so you can get better acquainted with the Bible. Now, we're going to pause for just a moment so you can learn more about the Bible course and so you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5211. I want to read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want to read verses 1 and 2. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. When Juliet discovered the true identity of Romeo, she asked the question, What is in a name? That that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. You see, Romeo and Juliet loved each other, but, but their families 
fought against each other so they could not express their love. And Juliet wondered aloud, what's in a name? What is it that is in a name today? We want to think about that question. When we think about that question, what's in a name, we learn from the Bible that there are many biblical descriptions for the church. The Bible gives no particular name for the church. I want to repeat, there is no name for the church that is given by the Bible. There isn't one biblical name that we must wear. However, there are several descriptions in Scripture that describe the church. For example, in Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus simply said, called it my church. He said, I will build my church. In Acts the 8th chapter and verse 1, it is referred to as the church. Not one of the churches, but the church. In Acts 20 and verse 28, it is referred to as the church of God. In Romans 16 and 16, several congregations of the Lord's church composed churches of Christ. The churches of Christ salute you. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, Another description is this, the body of Christ. The church is the body. Christ is the head of that body. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, the church is described as the church of the living God. The church of the living God. In Hebrews 10, 21, it's referred to as the house of God. In Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 16, it is referred to as being the Israel of God. All of these are biblical descriptions for the church. It's called my church, the church, church of God, churches of Christ, the body of Christ. And all of these are, are descriptions and all of them show a relationship between those who compose the church and the Lord Himself. Now there are certain things that those who compose the church call themselves. For instance, in Acts the 20th chapter in verse 27, they are called disciples. The disciples were called Christians. As we just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 2, they are called saints, called to be saints in every place. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, they, God's people are called the beloved of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 6, God's people are called brethren. They're brothers. Then in Romans 8, in verse 14, they're called sons of God. 
In 1 John the third chapter and verse 1, they're called children of God. In Romans 8 and verse 17, they're called heirs of God. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, they're referred to as a royal priesthood. Three times in Scripture, Acts eleven twenty six, 26, Acts 26, 28, and 1 Peter 4, 16, they're called Christians. Christians, just Christians. In Acts 5 and verse 14, they're referred to as believers. And then in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, they're called beloved children. You see, all of those are biblical designations of those who are members of the church. Disciples, saints, beloved of God, brethren, sons of God, and so on. So those are biblical names. There are biblical designations for the church itself. And in a collective sense, and then there are certain names that those who are members of the church should call themselves. Generally speaking, we refer to ourselves as simply being Christians. That simply means that we are Christ-like, following Christ, disciple of Christ, a learner of Christ. And so those who are disciples who are saints, the beloved of God, that are the brethren, that are children of God, that compose the royal priesthood, are Christians. But let me ask you a question. Are names that important to God? Are names of a concern to God? I want to observe from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, that God took His name seriously. That's where the Lord said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And it is a sin, a sin against God, to take God's name in vain. I want to read a couple of passages now from Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and I'm going to be reading verse 58 and 59. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. You see, God took His name seriously. In the Old Testament, God would, would often change an individual's name to give them a name with significance to it. For example, God changed Abram's name to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 and in verse 5. And God also changed Sarai's name to Sarah. That meant princess, Je Genesis chapter 17 verse 15. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and his children were known as the children of Israel. Simon's name was changed to Peter, 
Uh, you remember in the 16th chapter of Matthew when Jesus asked people about his identity and Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father's which is in heaven. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. So names have always been of concern to God. Each time God changed someone's name, there was always a reason for it. He did not change their name without a reason. You see, the name held some significance to God. God cares about the names of His people today. And, and all of these descriptions tell us something about God's people. There was an occasion in the 16th chapter of Matthew when Jesus came into the region about Caesarea Philippi that, that he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? And there were various answers. Some thought that Jesus was Jeremiah the prophet. Thought he was Elijah. Thought he was John the Baptist. So then Jesus said, well now, who do you say that I am? Who do you think I am? And Peter answered correctly in Matthew 16, 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that was the correct answer. And as a result of giving the correct answer, Jesus blessed Peter because Peter got his identity right. When we pray today, we are to pray in Jesus' name. I'm certain that you've had heard people pray and they would close their prayer by saying, in Jesus' name, amen, or by the authority of Christ, amen. In John chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. When we pray, we are to pray in Jesus' name. That's not just some tradition, that's not just some formula that we have of closing a prayer by saying in Jesus' name so people will know we're about through praying. No, no. We are praying to God. Acts 5, 12 and verse 5. In Jesus' name, when I pray to God, I pray through Jesus Christ to the throne of God. He intercedes on our behalf before the throne of God. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Hebrews 7, 25. And hence I pray in Jesus' name. And we are to confess the name of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I can't be saved unless I believe in His name. John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. And before we can be saved, we, we have to be willing to confess that we do believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in your Bibles now, Romans the 10th chapter and verse 9. 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, before we're, we can be saved, we have to believe in Jesus, but we need to be willing to confess that we believe. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And before we baptize an individual, we need to know they're a believer. I remember a number of years ago when I was just a young preacher. I got a call one morning, um, early part of the week. A man said, uh, would you be willing to baptize a man today? I said, well, t tell me more about it. He said, well, there's a man. And he told me where the man was, where he lived. Actually, he lived right behind a church building of the Church of Christ. And not very far from where I preached. And he says he can't find anybody to baptize him. Well, I'm not sure why I did this, but I got the waiters that we put on when we get down into the church baptistry to keep our, from getting our clothing wet. And I put those in the trunk of my car. And here I go off down to the man's home, and I, and I go in, and I sit down, and I talk with him. I said, I understand that you're interested in being baptized. He said, yes, indeed. And I asked him a few more questions about why he wanted to do it, and he gave me good reasons, good Bible reasons about why to do it. And, and, and I, I could see no reason for not baptizing this man for the remission of his sins, according to Acts 2.38. And I said, well, why don't you get in the car with me, and we'll drive back to town, and there we have the baptistry, and the water's warm. And he said, no. I want to be baptized in my pond. That's when I knew the reason that I had taken those waders and I put them in the trunk of my car. You see, this was a cold, cold January day. And I, I thought, this is going to be an experience I'll long remember. And you know, I still remember. And he said, I want to be baptized like the eunuch in Acts the 8th chapter. So I told someone later that as we were riding in my car across the cow pasture out toward his pond, I turned to him and I said, Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He said, Not only do I believe it, preacher, I know it. So as I continued telling the story to someone, I said, we stopped my car. We drove all of the cows out of the pond and we waited out there in the pond and I baptized him. He confessed faith in Jesus Christ. And we are to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by His authority. Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 30. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Someone says, well, what does by the name of mean? It means by His authority. And it was Jesus who authorized in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 that we baptize in the name of the Father, 
in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. You see, everything we do is to be done in His name. Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 17, the Bible says, Whatsoever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no other name, Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in the other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Friends, the New Testament does not authorize wearing a human name. It just doesn't authorize that. I want to call your attention back now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1 where, where we begin our study today. That's the very thing they were doing in Corinth, that is wearing human names. There was a problem there. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, that Paul said, I, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it's been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by the, those of Chloe's household, that you're contentious among, there are contentions among you. Now this I say that each of you says, and here we go, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or am I of Christ? And then Paul asks, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, wearing human names resulted in division in the church at Corinth. Wearing human names belongs to the fleshly nature. Why, turn a few verses later to the third chapter. Beginning in verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you're still not able. They were in a state of immaturity. For you're still carnal. Well, what, what caused that carnality? Where there, there are in, where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? You see, the Bible doesn't authorize us to wear a human name. The scripture teaches that we cannot add or subtract from the Bible. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 makes that so crystal clear. Where, where the Bible says, I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophets of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And I want to be just as kind as I know how. To wear a human name 
is to add to what God has said. Why, why, why not just be content to call ourselves by biblical terms, biblical names? Why not, for example, just be a Christian, just call yourself a Christian? Not, not a Pharisee Christian, not a Sadducee Christian, just a Christian. You see, the Bible only makes Christians only of anyone, anytime, anywhere, just Christians. They're children of God, they're saints, disciples, Christians. And we just belong to the church. And we call ourselves by whatever God has designated in this book. I feel a tremendous responsibility as a preacher. I feel a grave duty rest upon me to teach people the truth of God. 1 Peter 4 and 11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And I imperil my own soul, as well as the souls of others, to do otherwise. What's in a name? Well, there's something in a name. I hope that we have seen that today. Now, in the closing moments today on our telecast, I want to give you a very special invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You will find people who are trying to do the very thing that we're talking about today. They're just trying to go by the Bible and to be what we read about in the New Testament, that and nothing more. I want to encourage you to visit this week, and if you're not able to find one, call us and we'll give you the address. And also, don't let the opportunity pass today in calling for the free Bible correspondence course. We have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course. I've lost track of how many thousands of people there are. I know we have students in all 50 states of the United States. We have students in, in many foreign countries. This telecast, this program goes not only in the United States, not only on radio in the United States, television in the United States, but it's on television in 170 countries all over the world. And there are literally thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible correspondence course. Don't let this opportunity pass today by your calling for it today. I want to thank you for watching today. And I want God's blessings to rest upon you. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.